Hey, hey, to the point listeners, I know you must be wondering who this voice is. This is producer Ryan coming from you behind the scenes to let you know a thing or two. Chris is off traveling the world, but wishes he could be here with you for sure. But what I wanted to share with you is about this week's awesome guest, Landon Brewer. What an amazing episode. Plus, we love being someone's first podcast. What do you guys think? Look. Before we get into this episode, I'm going to give you a little tidbit. He's hosting a live event on the 18th called Service Einstein Prime. Seems to me like an event you won't want to miss. Sign up at serviceeinsteinprime.com. Again, serviceeinsteinprime.com, March 18th. Now, let's get into this week's episode. This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point hey what is up to the point listeners it is your boy chris the host of to the point home services podcast and i have one of my buddies on the show today i'm excited this might be the first one you've ever done landon is this the first podcast you've ever done yeah i think it'll be uh the first time people get to hear my voice and i podcast look at that he's he's real he's a real boy dude i'm excited <laughs> to be your first i am excited to be to break or to take your podcast virginity <laughs> oh, i just said that wow wow out loud out loud your face is red just, just wait red. just you're gonna turn me you know, i've seen some of these other guys you did that too and now you just they're every pod they're like there's a podcast corner they seem to hang out on uh, <laughs> dude, listen, I'm excited to have you on here. Finally, I finally, I can't even believe you've not even been on one before. Um, so if for everybody listening, I got Landon Brewer on here, uh, also known as LB. Um, if you ever heard or been a part, or if you are a part of the, uh, service Einstein's Facebook group, um, that would be my man LB. He's wearing, the, he's rocking the, uh, the merch right now. Um, but also, Man, this dude's been in the industry a long time. He's been playing this game. And, uh, I mean, uh, formerly, you were your senior vice president over at uh, Gittle. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But, dude, you've been around a long time, man. You've been in this game. I'm excited for our listeners to find out who in the hell is Landon Brewer. So welcome to the show, my man. Well, if you find out, let me know. Love to hear it, too. <clears throat> I think I have an idea. I think I have an idea. Um, anyhow, I, listen, I was doing a little bit of, uh, you know, because, you know, I've gotten to know each other pretty well over the, uh, over the last few years. And, um, and I think you and I are, are, are like-minded on a lot of things. And I really, really love watching your stories because they make me laugh. <laughs> and you don't have any short, like there, you got plenty of them to share, um, you know, on Facebook and, and I, it, dude, it's just, it cracks me up and probably because I believe it. <laughs> I believe most of what you're posting. So it's like. It's pretty humorous to watch. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to be Lena Brewer's friend to find out. Check out his stories. But hey, listen, I'm glad to have you on here. But originally, make sure I get this right. Are you from the Lou? Uh, spent a lot of time. Actually, our, our initial connection, I, uh, I believe, I'm, I was born in Indiana. So we got the Indiana so connection. You, dude, you're a Hoosier. Yeah. Okay. Was born Why on the, born on the campus, actually. Yeah. You're born on the campus? Yeah, I was born in IU, the hospital there in Bloomington. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, um, oh, we did have this conversation when we were. That's right. Okay, that 
never mind. I always fuck this part up. I feel like I get, I do like research and I miss something. Um, I was, re- if you listen to the podcast that came out today or yeah, yesterday it was with um, Howard Bihar, former president of Starbucks. I did so much research on him, dude. I read the book. I did all this stuff. And the first thing I said was like, Hey, you started off uh, in the furniture industry, right? He's like, no, actually I started off in my dad's grocery store. I'm like, son of a bitch. I knew that. And I just said it wrong. So I always do say something wrong, but whatever. Anyhow, man, I'm glad to have you on here, dude. Uh, listen, my fellow, who's your, my fe- listen, we're basically family. That's how that works. That's right. Uh, but I'm excited to finally get you on here and give everybody an idea of, you know, just you, who Lane & Brewer is, what you're about, like the, uh, share some of your experience. I mean, there is a ton of knowledge, you know, on the up, opposite side of this screen that I'm excited in a different perspective, you know, who's kind of been through multiple uh, I mean, multiple different uh, consolidations. I mean, worked some monster companies, had a lot of great growth, been a, a massive part of a lot of big growth um, and with some really successful organizations. So, bro, I'm excited to get into your story. You ready to do this? Let's do it. So, listen, who is the infamous Landon Brewer, man? Tell everybody how you got in the trades. Tell them what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I probably a non-traditional entrant into the trades. Uh, I don't have a mechanical, technical background like most do that kind of get into the trade. A lot of them were born into it. Uh, I was a uh, financial analyst uh, slash accountant. I was working uh, back in the late 90s as I finished you college. You were at FA? What's that? Yeah, you, yeah. you were at, oh my gosh. Were you going to all those networking groups? Were you one of those guys like in the B&I groups and all that nah. shit? They're like, oh, there's another financial analyst. Well, the, the original idea was to become like one of the, the next dot-com millionaires before the dot-com bubble burst. <laughs> and uh, so I, it, it, it burst. I went back, finished from grad school, and then uh, wanted to get back in the, the thick of things. And did a little stint uh, in the restaurant business as well. And then uh, answered an ad in the newspaper for a confidential company back when there were newspapers and ads. That's where you look for jobs. Uh, <laughs> Classified. Classifieds. You know, Show, showing my age. So I uh, <laughs> answered that ad and uh, went to this uh, interview in Clayton, Missouri, and uh, turned out to be the guys that uh, took service experts public and uh, spoke uh, spoke with those guys, got the business plan, uh, just thought it was one of the most brilliant business plans I've ever heard. Uh, just thought, I got to be a part of this, get in the ground floor of this. And uh Man, it's been 20 plus years since. And uh, how the hell did you sell yourself into that? How did you sell yourself into that? I got to know. Because if you came from like, if you didn't have that background, what was it that they were like, all right, man, like, yeah, we'd love to have you join our team, be a part of that that growth strategy. Yeah, they were looking for anybody that wasn't a plumber or air conditioning. Group. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> deal. So, so the original deal was they, uh, so we were building back then kind of all of the business processes and systems that we were going to sell. Uh, company uh, eventually became Clockwork Home Services. And uh, so I was part of building the business systems, the processes, you know, uh, kind of learning from the best of the best, documenting it and, and doing that. And then we built training organizations, eventually franchises, et cetera. But uh, I, my focus was on the best practices side of the, the house. And uh, the original thing they wanted me to do was we need somebody to take a look at these people's financials, analyze the financials, build some company models. And somebody with that type of background is what they needed because they had you know trade-related people, business people. They didn't have that specific structure. So I was that guy. So I uh, became kind of the local finance accounting guy, then started teaching some of their finance accounting classes, and then 
kind of parlayed it from there. Dude, so that was when? Oh, seven? That was 2000. 2001, oh, two thousand one, two thousands, yeah, that that time. So let's keep going, man. So like, what's next? So you did the clockwork. Yes, yeah, so we so. did that, and uh, I, I, you know, I loved it. It was probably one of the best things that I've ever done. Uh, just uh, got to a point where I became a director of uh, the SGI group, all the clockwork companies, and and uh, was overseeing all the affinity groups and working with contractors every day, and and just like it was the coolest thing to see these people that were you know sometimes in some cases dead broke and had no business being in business still, and just transforming their lives and and uh, learning how to price properly, pay properly, you know, all the fundamental stuff. And then just their businesses transformed. And it was, it was so cool to be a part of that. So I built a, like a very large network of contractors throughout North America and uh, that basically became my friends. And uh, so after I left that, uh, went out and just did a couple of things, you know, trying to figure out my next move, went to work with uh, briefly with a company called Eden Cutler Hammer, uh, helping build a, a, contractor network over there, uh, just did some independent stuff, connected with uh, my partner of the last like 15 years, uh, Ken Goodrich, which, you know, he's been on your podcast many times. And uh, I said, hey, you know, I got this idea. I said, yeah, I'd like to build a software business, like a modern software business for the trades. Wrote a 40 page business plan, you know, flew out there, you know, went through it. Here's how much capital requirements we need. Like I, you know, at the time there was only one like real big one. It was owned by everybody's competitor. I thought this is a perfect storm, you know, and uh, he's like, great. After like the second meeting, he's like, you know, I don't know anything about software. Let's like, let's just go sell some businesses. Let's sell these businesses and and do that. Okay. (laughs) Not much else going on. Right. So, uh, So we did that, uh, joined with him, sold the business to uh, American Residential what? Services, ARS Rescue Router. I moved down. When was that uh, time frame? What's that? What, uh, when was see. that time frame? Man, that was 2006, seven, eight. Got it. Okay. So you're in the ARS. Gotcha. Yeah. So I moved to West Coast because we'd taken over kind of the West Coast operations for ARS, had a three-year earn out where they gave us a whole bunch of... Uh, disparate businesses that were kind of underperforming and we got to keep the the delta between where they're at and then where we ended up at. Uh, so completed that successfully. Uh, after that kind of the, the gang broke apart when that earnout was up a little bit and uh, didn't really know what to do. Uh, I, my wife actually found a job that she wanted back in St. Louis. So briefly went back to St. Louis, uh, went to work there with the, uh, a guy uh, took over a company called Jerry Kelly Heating and Air Conditioning with Steve Miles there, partnered with him for a while and did some cool things with that business. And uh, at the time, we were looking at doing like uh, a roll up on our own. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, some of these more sophisticated businesses put together. We got them operating kind of all in the same systems procedures. We decided that we all go into the same uh, software system and the time uh Two friends of mine that I've been helping uh, with them on their software business. So we said, you know what, let's 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 make the move and move everybody over to uh, Service Titan. And uh, so we did that. We didn't end up uh, achieving our own individual roll up. Uh, kind of everybody went their separate ways eventually. But uh, so I I spent one winter in St. Louis again, and it's like uh, it was not for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> This sounds familiar. Uh, I got, I got my wife to spend one, actually I take that back. When I first started the company, 
I don't know if I ever told you this story or not, but I'm, this um, you'll appreciate this because of that statement right there. Now, my wife is born and raised Phoenix, Arizona. So I take her to Indiana in fall. Like, it's beautiful in fall. It's nice. Um, fall lasts about three weeks. It's beautiful for about three <laughs> weeks, and, and, then it, and then it's not fall anymore. But I got her back there in fall and enough to, like, sell her on, hey, I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to start our company back there. It was called Breakyard Marketing at the time. <clears throat> and so she made it through one. The first winter was nasty, nasty ice, long, took forever. And I said, hey, that was a fluke. They're not normally that long. <laughs> and she's like, good, because I will never, like, that is not normal. The second year, same thing. <laughs> so after the end of it, she goes, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going back to Phoenix. <laughs> like, you need to figure out what's <laughs> happening. True story. So snow is not for her either. Yeah, yeah. Some of us, it's just definitely not. So uh, so I said, I wanted to get back out California. And so I just, same same playbook, right? So I called Ken and say, you know, uh, no, you're going to sell. We're, we're going to do this. I want to be back in California. Let's go find some businesses out there. You know, let's let's just do a kind of a regional play. We'll do a little roll up ourselves and then sell the business, et cetera. So uh, did that. Uh, eventually ended up, uh, you know, kind of just taking on a full time role there as like the operator of that business or the group of businesses. And then. Uh, yeah, so we had a lot of success there. We uh, grew that business pretty substantially organically for the first couple of years. And then we decided that uh, we wanted to take on a private equity partner to expand the business there. Uh, so we did that about four years ago now. Uh, that was uh, another big success for us. We were uh, able to acquire a couple of businesses, more organic growth, uh, just, you know, we're part of that, you know, building of this cool renaissance that I call it that we're in uh now in the HVAC space and uh, just completed our uh, recapitalization and uh, took on another private equity sponsor at a much larger level to do bigger things and take it across the country. So uh, yeah, did that. Uh, in the meantime, I've done some other stuff. We you know built this kind of like online uh, you know Facebook uh, presence as well uh, for contractors, Service Einsteins. Uh, that's been a, a big hit, just kind of did that uh, to try and pay homage to the roots, I guess, and, and get back to, you know, helping everybody. And then that's the coolest part about the industry. I think that's one of the things that like really locked me into staying in the industry. I, I've not, you know, and maybe this happens and I'm not experienced in other segments of the, the different spaces, but man, everybody in this business that that I've come across, it's, it's like uh, they open up their doors to you. Uh, they share freely uh, you know, there's some elements of competition here and there, but it's mostly friendly competition. And it's, uh, you know, the amount of, of just knowledge sharing and being part of these different best practices groups over the years and, and getting no, I mean, it's just, it's been fantastic. I mean, you know, we open up our doors to everybody and, and let them come on in and, and tour facilities. And, and, you know, I think we learn just as much as they learn. You know, everybody that you talk to has an idea. And then just we've been able to scale our business model and change and tweak our business model and stay on the cutting edge just because of our relationship with everybody in the industry. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, you've actually been involved in a lot of stuff. So when I was going back through kind of your past, um, I didn't realize that you even worked with Jerry Kelly. Um, and so I had learned some new things. I didn't really, I didn't even know your um, time with the, the ARS, with the ARS. So like, I didn't even know about any of that stuff. So, um, all interesting stuff. By the, is there any chance that you know of a gentleman by the name of Peter Simpson from ARS? Yes, I think this might have been yes. actually. Did, okay, yeah, 
So he was there probably maybe right towards the tail end for you. Um, but he had, was there for air ass rescue for 10 years. And then he came over here last year. So he's been with us now. Um, I think we're about eight months in or ish, something like that on him. He is uh, vice president of Dig- digital strategies. So very cool. But he cut his teeth in, you know, like all things digital managing all the different locations, ARS rescue reader. And so I think it's funny because Ken got to connect with him at, uh, at Rhino X. And I remember before, um, I had asked Ken, I said, Hey, do you know this guy? He's like, yeah, I beat him up a little bit. And I'm like, go figure. And I was <laughs> like, well, that. he's now my, I'm like, he's now my vice president of digital strategies. And so it was cool to see those guys like connect, you know, um, you know, and just kind of like him laugh it off and be like, man, I was probably, you know, I mean, he, I think he even said, Hey, I beat you up a little bit. I apologize for that. But, um, anyhow, yeah, you were in that world. So I wondered if you knew who he was, but you know, what's cool, um, beyond all that fun stuff is that you have the service science science group, which I, I, I love, I'm a, obviously I'm a part of it. Um, and I'm a, I'm a fan and mainly because I've actually seen a lot of people, um, giving praise to you, man, for helping them out along the way, which I know to you is like, like really what you're passionate about is kind of that, you know, helping these companies grow and like giving back to them. And you've done so much of it. I mean, you've helped some monsters become even bigger monsters. Um, <laughs> But that's just kind of who, who you are. But you're kind of, a, like I told you this, man, you're an introvert, dude. It's like, you don't want to be out there. And I'm like saying, all right, bro, I'm pushing you out there now. Like it's time. And so you've got some good stuff going on too. And, and you know, but like you had said, I mean, you spent all all this time at Gettle and you were certainly like a, uh, you know, a very influential piece of that puzzle. Um, but they just recapitalized and you tra- and you made a transition. Like, so like, tell me a little bit about that. I don't want to go like down the big long path, but like, just what, what, what's up with that? Like where you're out, you in, like you go, like what's going down? Well, uh, like I say, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a mafia family. I don't know if I can ever get out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's no. only one way out brewer. There's only one way out. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, man, I spent my entire career, kind of doing multiple things at one time. Right. So I've I've been laser focused for a long time, dedicating most of myself, my resources every day I woke up, like, how do we monetize this business? How do we maximize shareholder value? Like, how do we take this thing to the next level? And, and, and just like, my belief is that your job, whether you're an owner, manager, partner, whoever you are, your job every day, when you wake up in that, at that level is to maximize shareholder worth of the value of that business, right? And whether that means you're going to do it to keep in the family for the next five generations, whether you're going to sell it, whether, you know, no matter what, like, that's what you do. So every day I woke up and I said, you know, what can we do to tweak, change, move the needle forward? And I would focus on bigger picture stuff. And the bigger picture stuff was like, man, can I find the best GMs in the country? Can I find the best partners in the country? Can we negotiate the deals with the best suppliers, OEMs, vendors, et cetera? Can, like, how do we how do we connect all of these things to build just this behemoth, you know, very valuable business? How do we put our name brand out there? How do we open ourselves up more? And it, so it's like a twenty four seven thing. It's like me at three o'clock in the morning connecting with somebody through Facebook Messenger, getting this guy over here. This guy's available. Let's fly out to Vegas, meet him tomorrow. It, it, like that was that's been my life for many years now. And uh, so it, it kind of culminated in, the, in December, one of the biggest exits, the high, you know, kind of set some records and some multiples. And uh, so, you know, I've kind of 
started to transition out and let the next generation of people take place, uh, uh, kind of walk in there. And, you know, the cool part about that is we made, you know, man, all these people, a lot of these people I brought in and found and, and uh, or that self-selected and really, uh, and work their asses off just became multimillionaires. A lot of them, a lot of people that would never have had that opportunity. And, and to be part of that, something that's, that's really awesome too. Just seeing, you know, yeah, that's so, uh, so to answer your question, it's, you know, I semi-retired at this point, but, uh, well, you're wife, too young, bro. wife wants me to get the hell out of the house. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've, so I say, you know, I'm going to start connecting and see what I can do. Maybe make, like more of a impact on a, you know, industry wide level and, you know, going to more conferences, doing things like this, uh, connecting with some folks. And I said, you know, I'd like to put on like, uh, you know, some of these trains, like an all day training, like a zoom meeting or, you know, some of these events that, uh, you know, aren't so, you know, thrills and, and, uh, you know, famous speakers and fancy stuff and more just like content Raw, that's like usable. That's like, here's how you price, here's how you pay, here's how, you know, all the, the key fundamental stuff, you know, we're getting ready for uh summer season. What do we have to do to be prepared today to maximize this and, and, and just, you know, provide a different perspective and how do you think about the business? So I think uh, focusing on that, a lot of the innovations, maybe disruptions are happening in the business and technology stuff, uh, just trying to figure out, man, it's like, what can I do to continue to make just a massive impact industry-wide and, and help more people than just a select few along the way. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem, live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Got it. So, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to get to that piece of it too. So I want to have you like hang tight on that. Um, but I love the fact that what you're saying is you kind of just be like raw, almost like down and dirty. I mean, let's be honest. You're, you're a number, you're a bean counter. Uh, you know I mean? You're, and that's good. This is all good stuff. Like it is, but let's get like almost, you know, which is kind of, we make a joke of it because the name of this podcast is called to the point and rarely do I ever get to the point. Um, it usually takes me a while because you know, it can be entertaining too, but thought counts like it's the thought that counts but um i do love that if you know there's um you know and, and something about rhino x that i tried to accomplish with this with it was i kind of wanted to be a version of that where it's like hey how can i make the connections that i've had which are by, by the way like you've been in it longer than me it's just i've had the luxury of working with so many that i found an opportunity to bring them together so you and me kind of have like the same heart like for this you know for this the servanthood piece of it of kind of giving back helping and making connections and whatever um, but I don't have this operational side that you have or the financial side and the KPI stuff that you have that can actually, you know, is the vitals checker of all these businesses or the things that you can go and train on. I don't have that. So I have to like connect those dots to bring that together, but you do. And those are things that directly impact the business, no matter which person that you're talking to that's in this home services space. Like you're going to have these things that can move their businesses forward. So I'm excited to be able to open that up to everybody and kind of talk about it towards the end of this too. But um, I want to go back to just a little bit of um, understanding kind of like your vision for yourself, like what was Landon Brewer going to be? 
um, and then the path that you've went down because you've bought, built, sold, you know, a bunch of businesses. You've been through multiple private equity um, exits. I mean, was this part of the plan? Like, did or did you say no? This wasn't my plan at all, but it's it became my plan. Like, how what what went down there? Was that was this the agenda the whole time? Well, you know, there's different variations over time, but uh, I'll say this: you know, one of the things that I think I had an advantage in coming into the space was, you know, I, I met with these guys, got the the business model down pretty good, uh, understood what they were going after and trying to achieve. And I just, you know, just assumed at that point, because I didn't know enough about the industry yet, that like home service companies should be billion dollar businesses. They should be billion dollar entities. That's just what they are. You know, someone go work and we're going to do this and it's a billion dollar business, right? Uh, man, it, you know, years later when I finally actually walked in and took my first job after a non-compete was over and, and I needed to be in California, I think I was a sales manager at one point in time, kind of running like the ARS Home Depot stuff and then GM, like I walked into that position and I'm like, wow, this is not what I'm used to. You know, this is, this is a nice little business here, but this is not a billion dollar business. I need to run a billion dollar business. Right. Um, so, you know, my focus from the time I started was how do we build this billion dollar business? And, you know, I've, I've had conversations you know, along the way with people that it's like, I think at a maybe a higher level than what your expectation is. My perspective of what it should be is just way different. And uh, having that perspective, I, I, I was able to go into these businesses and just identify that the hey, this is why we're operating at this level. The perspective is here. Like I've seen people with average tickets like this. I've seen people with closing rates like this. I've seen financials with 30% net profit. I've seen uh, individual branches that are doing 40, $50 million. Like that we we should be able to do it. We have all the resources, you know? And so- Every time we would just go in and say, this is a plan. We're going to get there. We're going to get get there quick. And uh, so my perspective has always been that uh, it should be a bit like we should we should make billions of dollars in this business. And <laughs> that's good because uh, you're actually because you're actually running this thing as if because you've already been there. And this is like something I'm glad you're bringing up because you actually had a completely different mindset of like, I mean, people are only, you know, you have like this vision of what you can do. The vision is too big. You're like, how do I get there? You can't, you were there. So you already know that this you know, X, Y, Z is possible. And so you're coming from that space. Whereas, you know, it's like, yeah, man, like I, you can be so much, like, sometimes they can't think of like, Hey, if I'm 5 million, man, getting to 50 seems almost impossible or getting it to hundred million seems like ludicrous. But once you have the mindset in place that, yep, you certainly can, and I've seen it, and I have an idea of how to do it, you've already got like a leg up on things. So yeah, um, keep going, man. I mean, I mean, interrupt you. I guess it helps being an accountant because to me, it's just numbers on a piece of paper at some point, right? You know, so uh, and I think everybody's got the opportunity to do it. They just don't necessarily know how. Don't have uh, like that's not their vision. That may that may not be what they want, right? Uh, but I know that that's kind of what I wanted. So I align myself with people that one of the same thing. Right. And, and even those people sometimes like, Oh, you, you just have always not played at that level of a billion dollars. You got to get to a billion dollars, you know, and, uh, had a lot of those conversations and that's, that's fun. I like people that, uh, think like that, that like my life, my perspective on life is like everything, like people are put on this earth to build and grow. Right. Whether that's financially, uh, businesses, uh, you know, health related, uh, you know, like 
every day you should be looking to advance. I mean, that's how society, that's how civilizations have grown, right? So I like people that think like that. And I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're, uh, you know, I've got stories of a kid that was washing my toilets at one of the businesses at one point uh, for part-time in the middle of the night, making a little money. He went and worked for me for free for six months to learn how I speak to people and what I do and how I interact with people. And now he's one of the you know best-selling techs, uh, the sales guys in the, in the industry right now uh, and completely changed his life. I mean, I like people like that, that, that want more, see more and are willing to do it. So uh, I, I tend to align myself with people like that and get a lot of those people together. And, and that's what happens. I, I had the, the other luxury that I had uh, not being from the trades that I knew when I walked into these businesses, I had to find people better than me at everything. You know, I may not be the best right away, but you gradually trade up. I had to find, you know, I am not the sales guru. I'm an introvert. You know, I'm a numbers geek. You know, I'm a KPI guy. I build systems, models, et cetera. So I had to find the best salespeople, the charismatic people that will get up and lead. I had to find, you know, the best operations people, the guys that knew install cold, uh, the best plumbing leaders. But like I had to go out and find those people and surround myself with those people and learn from those people along the way to really know what I'm looking for. But uh, so I had the luxury of, of not being caught in that caught into that they're the best they you know this control issue that they they you know mostly get in the trap of that i've never had because i just realized i'm not the best at any of this stuff so (laughs) you know perspective is important yeah it certainly is pretty important and um and that that's actually why i think you know shop tours are so important is it gives you you can get perspective by going and doing these things and and like a consistent thing i hear you know again and you kind of said this too is a lot of the um, those that are movers and shakers that are that are successful and um, are continuing to grow are doing those things. They are going to shops, and to your point again, is most people are open to letting you come in and check out their shop. Like, and and you should go and see that because it is you know I, um, I think it was I can't remember if this was um, Terry or a Dave that said Geiger that said this or who it was, but it, maybe it was Terry. I don't remember. Anyway, it's point. It doesn't matter, but if you're 5 million, maybe you don't go look at a hundred million shop, you know, maybe you start by going and looking at like a $20 million shop. Like maybe there's something closer aligned. Maybe you can go check out a hundred million dollar shop just to see what the differences are, like to get some perspective, as you say, but that's one good way to get it. If you don't know, like if you're not sitting there you know, I'm like, I'm a visualizer, you know, and I don't know if you ever did this Landon, but like I've always kind of set, you know, and try to think through, even since I was like in sports as a, like in high school, I would like visualize, you know, like a wrestling match that I was about to have before it happened. So that way in my head, I had already won the match. Like I kind of went out there thinking, this might sound silly and fucking crazy to some people, but like visualization is a thing. Um, And I still do it to this day, but sometimes you need to be able to go and see something to kind of help that vision become a little bit clear and seeing what does that look like. So perspective is huge. Um, I want to segue into something and, and, and talk a little bit about the future of home services. And, and uh, this is something that I'm, I'm always intrigued by. I feel like I'm constantly trying to chase down what's next, who's coming, because I get asked so many questions about, you know, Tesla, Amazon, blah, 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 all the same shit I hear over and over again. And I get it. I understand why people are interested in it. But you've been in this game a long time and like you're really downplaying the, vo- the, the volume that you've put into and the impact you've made on a lot of these companies. Um, 
but you've kind of been in a lot of these these conversations too you know, as well about like future stuff i've heard them you know i've you and i've been involved in, in the same conversations about understanding the future of like even utilizing Gettle and kind of their thought process and my, i hear so much stuff on what does the future of home services look like future models strategies consolidations like whatever Dude, what are you hearing? Like, what is on your radar? Or what's something that the listeners should, like, that from your perspective, what should they be, like, you know, thinking about or, or uh, you know, or paying attention to? Well, I think also, you know, from the very beginning, I've had a lot of contacts with suppliers, OEMs, you know, just uh, always kept connected with those people and and uh, done different stints where I did uh, consulting deals with, you know, Honeywell, Emerson, all, all these companies, and I do it also to keep my finger on the pulse, right? So it's interesting to see these things evolve. So like the, the best practices model that, uh, you know, was in the, the, the 90s, early 2000s and, and watching that, it's evolved a little bit, but it's still kind of, you know, the same best practices model. Uh, you know, we've got like, you know, it's, it's gone from just books, paper, going out, listening to somebody talk on stage and then uh, doing some homework to we have everything now live real time with the internet. Uh, we've got chat rooms, forums, we've got social media now where you get access to available information and people that you wouldn't normally have access to. Uh, I think that piece of it's evolving. Uh, you know, the the OEMs, distributed, everybody's getting into that game. And so, you know, I think it's, it's evolving in a couple of ways. I think the model is going to evolve to to be less traditional and more, you know, 2010, 2020 age where you got, you know, SaaS type models and comfort as a service and some of those things that are happening. And I loved it. And, and I just, I love that piece of innovation because when I got in this, I remember distinctly just sitting and listening to you know, seminar after seminar about the importance of writing a cool yellow page ad and, and how that's going to set you apart instead of, you know, being the first couple of placements. If you can just, you know, write the right content in yellow page ads. And that, that was the innovation back then. And it was very innovative back then. And, uh, but, but now it's, you know, the digital age and things there's like the internet's a great equalizer, right? So, uh, if you haven't evolved the business, if you haven't evolved the KPIs, if you haven't evolved the things that you're looking at your, and your business model, uh, you're still running a business in the 1980s, right? And so, you know, the technology does a couple of things. There's CRM technology now. There's there's other you know business models out there that allow you to be more efficient, uh, that allow you to get more out of uh, every person on the team, that uh, allow you to lower your operating costs. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening in the space now that are going to really flip the, the model on its head. But, you know, just the evolution from yellow pages to, to digital, I think, you know, a lot of companies didn't keep up. And the companies that kept up and the companies that stayed on the leading edge of that, and they're looking at the new technologies, like the monitoring systems that are available today on the, the HVAC, uh, you know, online booking and, and basic, you know, that's I'm not sure why that's, such a you know innovative idea based on where we're at with technology but i mean that's that's something that's that's you know innovative still today uh but soon i mean there's a way to be like super highly efficient that uh, is coming out i'm working with some companies also to you know turn the industry on its head and like really lock in customers maximize customer uh, uh long-term value and and find a way that uh you know you can you can really take a customer 
that before you just have to wait until the phone rang and then go out and service them to the best of your ability and try and time in with a membership. And now you can take that customer and you can move them along a bevy of services and you can manage their, their household remotely and you can be 100% efficient with your technicians. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that are happening there. Uh, but, you know, right now, the, the wave of private equity in the space, I think, is, is interesting. Right. So, you know, we've been riding this this current wave of private equity for some time. And, and to me, it's the best to me of, of all the things that I've seen. Uh, never before have the, the firms that are investing into our space now, have they been so focused and intelligent about how they're going about doing it. Right. Uh, in the 90s, this wave of consolidation uh, started out focused and then ended up all over the place. You had residential firms that were now becoming commercial, industrial, new construction, just adding things to satisfy Wall Street, right? Uh, but completely different businesses. Now you've got focused guys. They're looking at the right things. They're looking at specific metrics that like know what the, the solid company makeup is. And there's there's still a lot of runway because of how fragmented the industry is. So I think the, the consolidation phase is, is probably, you know, uh, we talked earlier, I said maybe seventh inning, but it's probably fifth, sixth inning because you still have so much left on the table. But I think the interesting part, the future of this is at some point, somebody's going to have to consolidate the consolidators. And how do you do yeah, that's that? That's where I was going to go next. How do you do that, right? That's where I was going to go next, man. Yep. So that's that's integration. And so if you've, if you've ever acquired a business before, you get you have to have a solid, you know, pre and post integration plan. And you got to have a checklist and you got to get everybody to operate under whatever your uh, kind of organizational standards are, right? So you got to have a plan for that. Well, there's really not that uh, in the industry today. Even the best practices groups, most of them uh, still operate with KPIs that are you know, antiquated. Right. When you look at the materials. So, you know, as we've built, you know, brought on businesses in the past and integrated these disparate branches and disparate businesses, we put them under something that we used to call the DSC. Right. Uh, which is our, our started out as a spreadsheet, ended up uh, being online, et cetera. But we would get everybody, all the branch managers talking about the same KPIs. We'd hold, you know, twice a week meetings where we'd set goals. We would uh, set benchmarks and then we would identify those KPIs that were off, put a plan around it. And then what we discovered was those benchmarks that we had from the initial best practices, we started blowing those away, blowing those away, blowing those away. So we would define a new standard for that KPI. And then we would execute that standard at all levels that we'd set the new benchmark, set the new benchmark and progressively grow it. But uh, today, you know, a lot of people have tribal knowledge. A lot of these businesses are still operated by former operators that have the tribal knowledge of how these things work. And I think there's an opportunity to create kind of a common set of industry standards, like an association of sorts that says, here's the business model. Here's what you track. Here's how you align everybody. Here's how you write. Just here are the, the fundamentals that will be able to unite these businesses together to provide even more shareholder value in the future. And so I don't know if there's IPOs or in the future for any of these people. I don't know if it's possible, but I do know there's a way to unite everybody to grow at a bigger scale. Yeah. So do you think that there's a, um, is there, I'm, this will be, I'm curious to know about this. So, um, and I meant to ask this at Rhino X too, but do you think there's a world where a smaller uh, a smaller group buys a bigger group 
Uh, absolutely. And, and, and here's why I'm thinking that because I know so, because I'm, I'm kind of like you, I've been involved in so many different, like, um, where I've had lots of, uh, of my own customers have, you know, been acquired uh, and if are part of these consolidations from different places. I've got a good vibe for the majority of them. And I have friendships with quite a few of them. Um, but I just wonder, you know, there's some that are starting to have a little bit younger, you know, management staff, you know, management team. And they're like just as hungry, just a little yep. different, man, like on how they're going about it. And, um, and so like, I, I, I think I'm, you know, the Gen Z factor is like, a thing that we need to think through on like, um, you know, the consumer journey, like the, we, we got to kind of become psychologists and using technology to, you know, be faster to solve the problem and still sell air conditioning and furnaces, uh, air conditioning units and furnaces. But I'm curious to know, like, man, d what is that? Like, I could see that working out. How weird would it be though, to say, Hey, we're going to, you know, consolidate, with this smaller firm is going to consolidate this larger firm, but we've got younger management and play. Like, I don't know how this all, how this makes the the guys, the like the old, like the guys have been in it for a minute. How does that make them feel? Or maybe they're like, Hey, maybe this is my time. I don't know, man, but it's the thought keeps crossing my mind. So I'm going to throw it out to you because I can get to ask it at Rhino X. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's it not only is a possibility, it's definitely going to happen. I, I think, so again, as we continue to elevate in sophistication, the level you know across the industry, I think what you're going to see is that now that we've got so much exposure to capital markets, investment banking, the private equity groups, I think you're going to see uh, some more interesting plays. So I mean, there's no reason, for example, uh, we couldn't get a team of experienced operators or experienced businesses put together, uh, get the right capital backing. Uh, you know, go out and you know, borrow the money for you know whatever it takes, um, and to know that you know there are some large-scale businesses that are still underperforming businesses. That there's underperforming businesses all over the space, and if you've got the the secret sauce and if you've got the the integration, you've got the ability to scale those businesses at a small level. Why not go for a larger one? I mean, I, I could, um, you know, not gonna. Uh, get specific on anything, but I'll just use the ones that I know. I mean, uh, I've seen it happen with service experts, right? So service experts, uh, you know, Scott Boxer and his team uh, really executed a, an incredible playbook where they took the company private, they peeled off the underperforming assets, they, uh, you know, focused on the things that were going to drive shareholder value, they significantly increased the value of that business and made a lot of money selling it. And, and uh, and then it's been sold a couple of times since they adapted a model. They're using kind of this more SaaS, you know, leasing based model now in some of the areas. It's so like I can see it happen all day long. There's no reason why a, a smaller entity or smaller group of people or just you and I, if we really wanted to get creative, figure out how to do it, could take a uh, get the right capital backing and say, man, well, let's go buy ARS. I think I've got a couple of ideas that we could tweak X, Y, and Z and, and make it a more profitable, valuable entity, or let's go buy service experts, or let's go buy, you know, I think it could happen. Uh, I think it's probably more likely to happen with a smaller PE firm that wants to get more aggressive and that has the people and the talent and the ambition to do what you have to do. But again, I think the only thing that's lacking right now is like, there's a little bit of knowledge gap sometimes, and there's some people that want to do it. But I, I don't think people have that ambition, just, you know, the average guy down the street. Right. But there are some people that do. So it's going to happen. Yeah, there is. And that's why I asked that question is like, and I, and I feel like I know a few. Um, and so, 
so I can too. Like I could put, I could for sure see that happening. And, and, you know, the window is open, like in, in the, Timing is really good, and I think the window stays open the next couple of years. I'm just these next few years are going to be super interesting, and I'm excited to uh, to be involved in this industry and seeing how it goes. Hey, you mentioned something um, earlier that you kind of like passed over pretty quick. That you called the Renaissance um, that we're all experiencing. That like, what do you call the Renaissance? Like, what did you mean by that? So you know, right now it is the best time ever to be in our space, in my opinion. And, Absolutely. you know, I know that there are people that have been in it for 40, 50 years that may have different perspectives, but from what I see, everybody has a chance right now to do amazing things, amazing growth rates. I, I, you know, we've seen a lot of these young guys pop up, you know, 30, $40 million businesses very quickly, uh, which, you know, would take historically, you know, decades for some of these other companies to do, right. Uh, you have to access the capital now that's going to make things fast and efficient. Uh, if you've got a, a business that you've put together that you're scaling up and you want to have an opportunity to exit, you know, when I first started this, you know, we'd be buying some businesses here and there and, and we would buy, you know, a lot of broken business at the time, but I mean, we would buy businesses for pennies on the dollar. Now it's, it's, the, the multiplication factor has gotten crazy. And so there's opportunities for small guys, there's opportunities for, you know, you name it. And then you got the technology piece. I think uh, there's opportunities for technology companies, for CRMs, for anybody that's involved in the space right now that's looking at how do we, you know, increase productivity? How do we increase profitability? How do we scale a business faster and more efficiently? And there's so much of that happening right now that the next five years are going to be the most exciting time in this space. If you're a contractor, if you're in the uh, OEM, if you are in the tech piece of the business, it, it is the most exciting time. So that's why I say it's not just a consolidation. It's, it's a renaissance, right. if you will. Yeah, I got it. Makes sense. And I, I agree with you. And it will be uh, cool to have a front row seat to it all. So um, I'm excited about everything. Listen, how cool is it that our industry is like the popular table? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, that's kind of what it's like. You know what I'm talking about? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, dare I say, it's a sexy space you know, to be in because it's of high demand, right? It is. Like it is what it is. Um, so I want to, to, do a transition because I think we're rolling up on like 40, 45 minutes worth of the podcast somewhere in that range. But I want to talk about something that you started doing. Cause I, I hopped online one, like one evening and I saw you and Bruno up on there, like talking about something. I'm like, Oh shit, I missed the first half of it. And it was this Einstein, like this prime thing that you guys are doing. And, and again, since I've gotten to know you, understand you and, and kind of your um, heart and like need and want to give back and help these companies grow and do all this stuff. This makes sense to me. So I want our listeners to know, like, um, you know, kind of what you told me about what, what this prime thing is. So explain what that is. Yeah. So kind of going back to the evolution of space, right? So uh, getting back to my roots, uh, when we started with the best practices organization, and these, these things to help elevate contractors and make their businesses better and lives better, et cetera. So uh, there's a couple of opportunities here that, that, uh, I wanted to get into. And one was getting back to helping those people, right? So, uh, you know, don't have ambitions of going out and starting the newest, latest, greatest, best practices and training organization. I mean, there's enough of that out there right now. Uh, but but there's some gaps. Uh, so this is more of, okay, I just, I just finished, you know, completed the, the last uh, exit. And 
how do I give back to the entire industry? How do I, how do I do something that uh, I can give tangible content to, to from the, the one guy operator that just started up that needs systems, procedures, et cetera, uh, to, you know, just this community. So I've, I've, I've got this community built that I started uh, just and built by accident. Uh, the Einstein's groups initially was like, okay, let's just take some of these people that I've had connections with over the years, some of the, the you know, maybe the larger contractors. And I thought maybe we'll just get a couple hundred of the larger guys and we'll, we'll really get into talking about best practices and how are we going to scale and what are we going to do uh, that's innovative and change the model. Uh, and then, you know, the other aspect of it was a lot of people because it's such a hot space now are just jumping in and, and they're the next consultant and they're the next guru and they're the next. And it's just it's so contrived. You know, I just, uh, part of this is just maybe showing my age, but I can't have, like, I just can't stand the Ty Lopez, uh, you know, model of just, you know, and, and I love Gary V, you know, I, I like Gary V's approach because he's, he like resonates a little bit more with me and it's not, you know, pie in the sky stuff. Right. So I watch these things. I watch all these people kind of getting in and, and they're kind of pariahs taking advantage of unsuspecting people that really need help and, and can't afford to be taken advantage of. So I kind of started this group and I'm like, okay, well, this is a, a bunch of BS or this is a company that's trying to take advantage of it, but this is a, a real guy. This is a legitimate guy. This is a trainer that's got some experience. And, and so I tried to uh, make it a, a community or environment, an ecosystem of people that are in our space that know what they're doing, know what they're talking about and all have the same kind of objectives. So uh, that it took on a life of its own. And uh, I just realized I have this, this, this large ecosystem now. So what can I do within that ecosystem uh, of all these thousands of contractors to, you know, instead of just doing what I do every day, going to work and, and talking to the same seven or eight people, how do I get there and, and do this at a large scale? And so I uh, started going back and forth with some ideas and I thought, well, let's put on some events, but we don't need to, uh, you know, I don't need to build another Rhino X, right? Uh, I just want it content driven that I can help people and, and anybody can afford type of thing, right? But I, but I wanted to also say, you know, I didn't want to just open it up and make it just some thing that people can view and in, in, in their off time. And, but I wanted there to be some level of like basic commitment that I want you to join. I want you to commit to doing some things and we'll do it maybe a quarterly deal where, you know, we're going to go over the basics. We're going to have specialists in each functional area and they're going to impact your business. They're going to do something to impact your business and you got to commit to, to doing it. You got to commit to showing up and spending half a day on a Friday to doing this. So, uh, so we did that. We, we kind of brainstormed, put this together, but again, I'm not the uh, I'm, I'm kind of the introverted behind the scenes guy. Right. So uh, I needed somebody that is out front, can go out that understands di digital marketing and sales and can be some rah-rah guys. So I, I found some of these guys and, and they started promoting it. And I said, well, I can deliver content. I can get out there. Hell, I've never even been on a podcast before. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so, and so Lewis, uh, you know, I've, I've known him for a number of years now and he, I, I always kind of refer to him as, one of the best students I've ever had, uh, you know, he's, Ken's given him some nicknames. Like he's my, my son, we call him, uh, there, there's a movie that, uh, yeah, with Adam Sandler, 
uh, called That's My Boy, where the guy's like uh, 11 years old and has a kid. That's that's kind of like uh, mine and Lewis's relationship. You know, he's like my my kid. Uh, but he came to us a couple many years ago now, and he had built this massive business real quick and had no controls in place. Had uh, wasn't making any money. Had it just it, it was way overstaffed. Way, he just he just didn't even know what he had built. And so we went through, and I said, you know, here's the organizational structure. You know, here's chart of accounts you got to follow. Here's the margins you got to go after. Here are the KPIs. And just to his credit, he he blow my phone up all day, every day for a long period of time. He went from losing money to making a massive amount of money in this business and completely restructuring it and really figuring it out. And uh, I'd never seen somebody implement something so fast and move and, and change their business that was already a $30 million business so fast overnight. And so, uh, and he, he also at the time, he had a, you know, kind of this little platform that he had built and been on CNBC and, and kind of put his name out there in headlights and, uh, uh, the first time I somebody asked me about him, I looked him up. I'm like, oh man, this guy seems like a, a yeah, kind of a fraud, kind of like Connie. I like I don't like you know he's got memes of himself moving mountains, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's not ugh. like I, I like behind the scenes content stuff. I actually sent him a, a copy of a like a Facebook message of somebody asking him like, ah, oh, I'd avoid him. Seems like a fake. <laughs> so I, a couple of years later, I found it and sent it to him. You know. Uh, but yeah, so I, so I'm like, Hey, you know, this is a, he's got a good platform. He's the, uh, sales driver. He's one of my, uh, you know, initial proteges there, uh, in changing what he did in this business. And, uh, so yeah, I'd say you figure out how to do this. You figure out how to get it all set up. I could barely log into a zoom. So, uh, <laughs> you be that guy for me and I can, I can help deliver the content. And so, uh, we're putting this thing on it's, uh, March 18th. And uh, it's going to be a kind of all day live event where we have, you know, functional specialists in each area and uh, we're gonna deliver content, uh, you know, have actionable stuff and and uh, just see where, we, you know, if people like it, we'll keep doing it. If, if it's a big failure, you know, hey, I'm going to continue doing what I do either way. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a big failure. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. It, and we've already heard, like, there's already kind of people who are, I mean, um, who've been impacted by both of you too, that will be, you know, will be a part of it. But what you can't deny is the fact that what you're teaching, I mean, what Lewis did was took what you had kind of coached him or taught him and then implemented it. Like he's yeah. also an integrator. So he kind of has like that unique piece of where he can kind of, he gets the whole thing, but he also takes action. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited for you guys, man. Like I said, I, when I caught the tail end of it, you know, I think I texted both of you guys. I'm like, what the hell did I miss on the front half of this thing? Um, and now I know, and this makes so much sense. So, um, you know, again, you know, if you're listening right now to, you, you're not on the service science sites, Facebook group page, go join it. Um, you know, that way you can kind of keep up on when these things are happening too, but March 18th is their live event. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be like a, a link or sign up or registration or something like that, where they can be a part of that. And I'm, I don't know if that's yep. out yet, but it will be out. I mean, it's Absolutely. the 23rd of February. So, yeah. And I know, I noticed that, uh, as we talked earlier and I listened to your, your, uh, the podcast you dropped yesterday. So I've got, uh, I actually have contact information for anybody who wants to reach me. I've got a, a virtual assistant that kind of screens through my phone, but, uh, if you want, I can give you my contact info too. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, cell phone number is 310-310-919-4000. Uh, 
1-800-242-2209. And uh, I guess the best way to reach me via email is just my personal email at this point. Uh, that's Landon Brewer, L-A-N-D-O-N-B-R-E-W-E-R at gmail.com. So you guys, you know, I, I get people, like I said, it's it's like I don't sleep a lot and people will be sending me messages, emails, et cetera. I, I, I got like, it's, I get probably 15, 20 people reaching out to me a day, just, uh, you know, just from the groups and stuff. But uh, uh, I eventually get to all of it. So, uh, you know, if it takes me a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> same shit. I get it. Same thing, dude. I get it, man. Yeah. Well, listen, um, man, I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate getting to be your first, man. I'm so excited. This is a part of Land of Brewer history. Right. Either, I'm the first podcast. I'm the first podcast. <laughs> better not make me a podcast addict. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> Listen, it happens. <laughs> I, I promise you, somebody will see you on this one. And next thing you know, you're going to get, you're going to get people reaching out to you, trying to be on their podcast. And listen, like there's the, everybody has a platform and you know, and you have uh, something great to share. You should utilize those things. I mean, that's what, I mean, the, the, the purpose of this stuff is to give back, you know, and taking like your knowledge and then me bringing you on here as a way for me to give back to those listening who might be able to potentially connect with you and grow their business. That's what this whole thing's about. So you said one key word um, that I think is really important to all this because I've, uh, you know, uh, same, I've seen so many, <clears throat> I use the term gurus, some legit, some, I don't know. Like, I don't know them well enough to know, like, is it, I only know what I've heard from those who participated. And so I don't cast judgment on anybody for anything, but the key word is tangible. Like you can actually yes. take away some things that you can implement into your business and make it successful. So it's not theoretical. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a story. It's legit. And you've been through this so many times with um, this an analytical brain to make sense of like, Hey, I'm coaching this because it X, you know, uh, X plus Y equals Z, you know, type of like you, facts. You're using facts of some of the most successful companies in the trades. So you're teaching those things and you're continuing to give back. So I commend you for doing those things. Um, you know, I think that uh, you'll find that this March 18th uh, workshop, I'm not sure when this actual podcast will ep episode will air, but it certainly needs to be before March 18th. So make a note of that. Um, but it is going to be successful, man. And I'm excited to see what you guys do with it. And like I told you earlier, man, I'm thinking about doing this little spinoff of Rhino X and kind of doing like a little in market training thing because of the people reaching out to me, asking me to do it. And like I told you, dude, it might be cool to have you come in to the, and, and tag on that thing, just the tail end of it. So that way we're talking, you know, marketing, marketing options and whether it be direct mail or OTT, which is connect or connect TV, whatever you want to call it. Like these things are good, but then you got to make sure you have these few KPIs for it to be operationally sound as well, or all this shit means like, you know, it doesn't mean anything anyway. So, but anyhow, if I go down that path, I have to have you come in and join me, man. Hey, man. Like, I think I'll have to bring you anything, on. Anything I can do to help. I, uh, I'm, I'm like, even this man, you got to get out of your comfort zone and this is going to force me to get out of the, the, the comfort zone that I've kind of stayed in for the last six, seven, eight years of my life and uh get back to kind of the roots and and just helping people helping an industry that's that's at this point it's it's done more than i thought it was going to do for me personally financially etc and uh, uh it's been great for my family and i'm going to make it great for everybody's family i love that man you got it like even this podcast was easy like i told you and it's easier because we have a relationship too but like it just was natural like it didn't feel weird or awkward for you so like we, we keep saying you're an introvert, but we're kind of pushing you into an extrovert a little bit and, and you'll be just fine. So, hey, I want to leave the listeners with one last thing, because this is a question that I always like to ask everybody. And, and I think at the end of the year, what we're going to do is do a little mashup of this. But 
Um, I don't know if you've ever given any thought to this, but what do you want your legacy to be? Like, what does Landon Brewer want to leave behind? Like, what is the Landon Brewer legacy? Yeah, you know, I, I don't uh, never had desire to be the biggest, the baddest. It's, you know, I want to be the best and I want to, you know, I want to have given, left it all out in the field to use your sports analogy, right? Uh, it's one thing I've like always thought of and it's a weird thing, but I, I think it, it kind of comes back to, you know, one of my heroes in life was my grandfather and I remember his funeral and I remember uh, he was a CEO of a company called Cummins engine company ended up buying it, failing division of it and turning around and doing it real well. And when he died, you know, we went on this tour of, of inner city libraries and parks and stuff that were named after him that he left this, this foundations for. And it's like still to this day, when I get together a family and they talk about him and, and, you know, I'm like, what a, what a way to live that, you know, when I die, if, if you know, the best thing that can happen is that I've got an eight-year-old daughter and uh, hopefully I got a lot more years left in me. But whenever that time comes, I want people to walk up from, from all of my years of experience and say, man, this guy really impacted my life this way. This guy did this for me, this guy, you know, uh, just to have him do that to my family would be what I want my legacy to be. What's your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Layton. Yeah. So, so it'd be cool for her to be able to hear like those things about her dad. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, is it like, Hey man, this is what you, that's pretty cool. Like, so I mean, I, me too. Like that's kind of where I'm at is I want people to, you know, feel like, you know what, I'm really grateful for Chris or for to the point or for Ryan or whatever, for impacting my life in X, Y, Z way. Like that to me is fulfilling. Same thing with employees. Like it's no different. My kids, same thing. Like I just want to try and accomplish as much as I possibly can in a short amount of time. Um, and impact as many lives as I can. So I commend you for that, man. That's a great legacy to have. I mean, listen, we don't, um, I should, I say this, we don't, uh, live to work. We work to live. The difference is, is that I actually love working. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like work. So some of us do live to work, but it's because of, of, uh, it's not because of the work itself. It's of what it does for everybody, for others, you know, and I'm fulfilled by those things. So I do get something in return from it. Um, and the financial aspect of it is really just the byproduct of it all. So anyhow, I commend you, bro. I appreciate you coming on here. Um, I'm going to, uh, before I, I make a complete exit on here, I'm going to go ahead and just share a, a review on what we got, like we do on every podcast. Um, and I'll finish this last one with inspirational, uh, five stars. This is from Christian Devlin, um, which is from Avery's plumbing, I think out in uh, Charleston market. So, um, thank you, Christian for leaving a, a uh, this this review, it is running a home service business is a struggle and it's important to listen to those that have made it over the hump like Lane and Burr. Uh, I highly recommend bringing this podcast daily in your climb. Ooh, I like the analogy there. So, um, because people at the top of the mountain didn't get dropped there. They all had to climb the mountain. We all had to climb the same damn mountain, right? We all the same bumps on the road that we hit. It's just, you got a lot of help to help you along the way. And our guest Landon was one of those guys who've been through it, understands it, and is also willing to help and puts on things like this prime event that he's doing to try and help you climb that mountain. So LB, man, I appreciate you coming on here. Thanks again, brother. Absolutely. Listen to Christian. He's a smart guy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> listen, I hope you enjoyed this podcast from my man, Landon Brewer. And listen, don't take notes. Like I always say, don't just take notes. You know, you, you can't just think you're going to do something. Take action, get it done. Whatever you do, just make sure you follow this mantra. No zero days. Let's go.
Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.